Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about chronic pain in the sports medicine and orthopedic outpatient setting. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We're up at Champion PT and Performance in Are Boston. We? I don't have my A game today. We're up at Champion in Boston. I'm here with Lenny McCreen and Dave Tilly, Dan Pope, and our student trio. We have our three blind mice, our three musketeers, our three stooges. Three stooges. Three stooges. That's pretty good. Three, three Bruce Company. That was pretty good. Goldilocks and the Three Bears. <laughs> three Bears? What are they called? The Three What Bears? They're just Three Goldilocks Bears. Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And the Three Bears? Yeah. It seems like you're missing an adjective. The Bernstein Bears. The Bernstein Bears? They're good. Pleaser, anyway, yeah. we have Alicia Noah's Archangelo <laughs> from the University of St. Francis. Yeah. She prefers to be called Savage. I don't know if people understand savage. that. But savage. 21 Savage. She's uh, she's quite she's quite savage. Yeah. We have Andrew K. Baum Kirschbaum from the University of Oakland, which has nothing to do with California. Not a baseball player. And the new fan favorite right now, <laughs> <laughs> Brian Winkler. Winks. From the right. <laughs> see, we pause so that way then the crowd can then like clap. So, so, somebody's on the train right now and they're going Winks. <laughs> yeah, going back right now. Uh, and uh, and Brian Winkler. The Winky from uh, the University of Delaware is uh, here asking some questions. But we, we got, you know, we're going to do a little bit different format sometimes. And, and one of the things we talk about, we're getting a bunch of repetitive questions, which tells us that there's still a need to answer some of these questions. But sometimes we want to take a little bit more time on some topics. So, you know, every now and then we're going to continue to do that. We're going to just kind of discuss something a little bit more. So on this episode, we have one question. Who wants to go? Savage. Savage, Savage, read away. What's our what's our one question today? How do you treat chronic pain patients in the sports medicine or orthopedic outpatient setting? Nice, we're starting with that one. I, knew, I don't remember I put that one first. Who gave us that question? <laughs> I, you know what? I took the, the I took the names off okay. of these because protect the innocent. We get this like ten times. I got you. Okay. There's there was okay. ten people that asked this okay. question. So so that's a good question. So how do we treat chronic pain? In the sports ortho outpatient setting, because this is hot yeah. right now. Right? Dan can hot, tear this up. Hot on social media. So, what, what? How about how about this? What, before we get into it, crazy. Why don't we start with this? How do we define chronic pain in this setting? Yeah. Who wants to start with that? Lasting. I can. I think. Seconds. I think Dan. <laughs> I mean, Dan. I think Dan and I both. Dan and I both treated like general outpatient ortho for like two to three years before we ever got heavy into sports medicine. So I work with a lot of chronic low back pain, chronic neck pain, like just your average run of the mill. So I, I actually like at first I thought that was super valuable because when I was first out of grad school, I was like way in the like the David Butler. Erson was a very good, you know, helpful tool for me. Um, all these things I was like, oh, I think that this is the way to go. And of course, the pendulum swung both ways. I went from a very pain science approach to back more biomechanical when I kind of started working with you guys and. I honestly think that it's probably one of the biggest misconceptions in our field is that people in sports or even professional athletes don't deal with 
chronic pain or don't have the same interventions that you might give to somebody who's just 60 years old with chronic low back pain. And I think it honestly comes down to defining it as like central sensitivity, right? You have people who have like start to have, you know, they're not changed by, uh, you know, directional preferences or reproducible tests. They're just kind of like these weird, murky, funky symptoms. You're like, oh, it's not supposed to hurt, but it kind of hurts. And like, why does like somebody brushing you hurt? Because you're like super sensitized. So those are always kind of like alarms for me is like chronic, you know, central changes or things that don't really add up or someone who says they have a very complex like approach mentally to how they view their issue. Like, I'm so scared I'm gonna get hurt again. I'm scared about going back. And like that really affects and disables their life. I kind of start to put them in a little bit different of a, a, a talk or a, a bucket of what we're gonna do versus someone that comes like, ah, oh, it hurts with this and this. And you try to go like a very kind of pathology based approach. But I've seen chronic pain in a super high level athlete and I've seen more biomechanical stuff in the average person. All right, so I still want to talk about the definition of chronic pain. I think it's central I, sensitivity. I, all right, the biggest thing. And then well, I, think we'll come, I think we're going to come back to that. But Dan, what do you think? And, and again, I want to focus on how we yeah, define it before right. we all start elaborating yeah. too much. But I think part of the problem is we try to separate the two, right? What's you know this person has central sensitivity. This person has like biomechanical irritation. I think when you're dealing with someone who has chronic pain and plays a sport, there's definitely both going on at the same time, and it's really hard to separate the two, right? So I think first and foremost, you're probably dealing with people with have, that have central changes, right? So maybe their central nervous system is upregulated from some perspective. Plus, maybe they're getting some biomechanical irritation from the sport that they're involved in. So it's hard to say, you know, I think you're, like you're probably dealing with people that have a combination of both. And what happens is that if someone has had symptoms for, you know, years and a lot of patients I have had it for decades, right? And they're still doing a sport, but they're constantly dealing with this pain that gets exacerbated by biomechanical stuff, but it also has probably a little bit of a central or, origin as well. So, all right. So, based on that, let, let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this here, because theoretically, now, here, how about this for two scenarios, right? Because this is where I think. Look, you, it's very confusing on social media right now because people are taking sixty seconds to try to tell you. Yeah. something definitively something definitive and it's, it just doesn't necessarily work that way let's let's just say let's say a baseball player because they're the freaks they're the u- unique people we see a lot with right if somebody has a sprain in their tommy john right and they probably need tommy john surgery right and they keep putting off surgery and they keep shutting it down and rehabbing and then they get back to pitching and it hurts and then they shut it down they get back to pitching and it hurts and they do this for 18 months is that chronic pain I think there's a difference. I think, and this is kind of on Lenny's point, is there's a difference between a chronic, and you've said this before in a podcast, a chronic reoccurring injury, and then one injury that just stays sensitized and painful forever. You know what I mean? Like you roll your ankle playing, and like you just can't not have pain. I don't know if that's the same thing as someone who keeps rolling their ankle over and over and over again. Maybe you have a big chondral defect. Maybe you have, you know what I mean? And I think that's another big thing about the chronic pain research is like the magnification of imaging findings is always not parallel with their pain. So you can have people who have like, you know, horrific looking MRIs that are fine, but these people technically or tend to have like a benign MRI, benign x-ray, benign exam, and they're still like writhing in pain. All right, so I'm leading you the way I want you to go. This is perfect right now. This is good. That's that's perfect. So so far you said, you guys have said two awesome things. All right, another example. All right, CrossFit athlete, somebody else, or it doesn't have to be CrossFit, any fitness athlete, ooh, right? Ooh. Right, right, right? Gymnast, it's a gymnast. I'm not allowed to say that one. <laughs> any, any athlete, whatever. Let's say they're snatching, and every time they snatch, their shoulder hurts, right? And But they don't want to stop snatching. And they're, they're doing it like twice a week with 
you know, all the other negatives, you know, potential coaching issues, mm. workload issues, volume issues, mm. and but they don't want to stop snatching. So they keep doing it and they have good days and bad days and they do that for 18 months again, let's say two years, right? Is that chronic pain? Well, in some ways, here's, I'll use the example of a low back pain patient I have. So uh, what you'll hear a lot about CrossFit is people say, you know, I had terrible low back pain. I started CrossFit, I feel a lot better, right? And I think what that speaks to is just exercise is generally good, you know? But then it comes down to, I always say, it's a dosage thing. Because exercise can be good for you, but maybe heavy deadlifts three times a week is not the best for you, right? So if you deadlift once a week and use moderate load, it makes your back feel phenomenal. But if you go three times a week, your back is blown out. So I think for some of those people, there is an element of chronic pain in the mix because if they do nothing, right, even, even though they keep snatching I, and it keeps. So hurting. I think that's back to the other in injury though. Is that's a frequency thing? Like if the person has, so the person deadlifts super heavy, hurts their back, and it stays bad for eight months, right? Despite PT, despite exercise, everything it just stays worse, and they stop deadlifting. Exactly. Despite the you person, see, you see what right, I'm trying to do. The person who snatches over and over and over again, I like it. That might be a repetitive injury. If a person snatches yeah. once, right. hurts their shoulder real bad, and 18 months later they're right. still in pain. All right, so that's you, a little different. You see my point on a couple things here yeah. because you're if, if you just look on Instagram yeah, yeah. and you're going to say like oh well this is a CrossFit person and every time they snatch for over a year they did it oh it's because all the past PTs were focused on the fact that they don't have proper shoulder range of motion mm -hmm. they still don't have proper shoulder range of motion and, they, mm -hmm. and they're not and they're snatching through it mm -hmm. that's not chronic pain that's just chronic uh, moron uh, you know, chronic, uh, you know, like a diagnostic code. Chronic ICD-10 is that. That's, 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 that's chronic insanity. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm kind of getting at, right? So I think those are two good examples, right? Of an athlete, right? That you know, every time they pitch, it hurts. You're like that's that's not chronic pain. You yeah. know, that's what I mean. So I, I think that's my biggest thing is we we have to define this better because right now everybody is so polarizing on social media and fear-mongering in the opposite direction, right? Where they you, they try to make you feel stupid if you don't think it's chronic pain, right? Even though you keep doing that, and that's not how I like to educate, but whatever. Um, but you know, conceptually right here, I think you guys said a couple of great things. You look at an MRI and there's no pathology. There's no inflammation, there's no structural pathology, and the pain won't go away, okay? I like that. The sensitized nervous system, because everybody has a different level of like hyperalgesia or hypoalgesia, you know? Everybody has a different, I like that. That makes sense to me. You know, I like putting those two together. And the frequency. I think we have to really differentiate between that. And I think that's a big, maybe a big take home from this episode could be right here, is that it's not duration that dictates chronic pain. So if you really want to start, start talking about narratives and some of the things we're saying, maybe chronic isn't the right word. I completely agree. That was going to be my point. Was I think we're, the terminology of chronic Repetitive. pain yeah. is completely a misnomer. And I have when I'm treating somebody with acute pain, chronic pain, what would be a, a BPS model type patient, I always try to watch what I say, but understanding in my head the biomechanics, the anatomy that's going on, and I try to just lead them in a direction of exercise I think is going to be most appropriate for them. So... You know, I think we're trying to get too caught up on each word that, we, that we're talking with to patients about and how we phrase it. And just keep in mind that there's both sides of the equation are correct in this, yeah. you know? I will say is that I thought this was really smart, and this is coming from Kathleen Sluka, who's a really big researcher in pain science world. I went to the APTA ortho section meeting, and I thought it was cool because you had some really big, like, orthopedic, biomechanical people like Shirley Sarman. And then you had Kathleen Sluka, who's a big pain science person, and she's super smart, she's done a ton of research, and she was just very clear about 
making sure, and I bought her textbook, because one of the big points she makes is like, there's a difference between like a centrally sensitized person and then someone who's continually irritating structures. So when you're doing an evaluation with someone, you can kind of put those into two different buckets. And what you'll find is that you're gonna find some central issues and you're gonna find some peripheral stuff, you know? It's like, okay, I do a Hawkins Kennedy and someone's knee hurts. Like that doesn't really make sense from a biomechanical standpoint. Maybe this widespread pain that doesn't match up with my clinical evaluation is more of a central issue. Whereas, okay, all right, have you pressed overhead and your shoulder hurts right in the front? Well, that makes sense. You know, yeah. biomechanically, maybe you're irritating your rotator cuff. I like that. So when you're coming up with some solution for that patient, you just kind of target the things that seem most prevalent. So if you're like, wow, this is very biomechanical nature, you'd make sure that we target that. But if you're noticing like they have a lot of beliefs, fears, catastrophizations, mm -hmm. like we need to address this too. And right. then we just make this plan of care that takes all these pieces together and, and fits the person I, in front I, of you. I, I mean, I think you nailed it right yeah, there. I think right. you put everything together right there. Uh, we have to do a better job as a profession Figuring out a better way to differentiate between these two and figure out where they meet in the middle because there is quite a, a bit of overlap mm. But I, I everyone is trying to make it too black and white. I think that's that's the problem with that I mean, there's always going to be you know central components to everything and I can't not be right? yeah right. I mean, <laughs> It's we, impossible right? to yeah. separate the two. Right. Right? Yeah, we totally get it But you know th there is one other thing I fear and I fear right now because I'm looking at some people's you know Instagram posts and stuff and I, I again I think back to my history and I've had some times where I've definitely had centralized issues, people that, you know, completely blow their symptoms out of proportions and, you know, feel paralyzed and stuff like that. And when you, when you, when you have one for the first time, it's, it's mind blowing because you're like, oh, this makes complete sense right now. Nothing's adding up orthopedically for me. So, I, you know, and then, and you, and it's a big narrative thing. It's about how you talk to them. It's about how you educate them. Mm -hmm. It's how you get them back into graduated movements and stuff. It's brilliant when you see it happen, right? But I will say there have been several times, great example right here, athlete with hip pain, right? Hip exam looks great all the time. Can't figure out his hip pain, right? Keeps pitching, right? Can't figure out his hip pain. Still has hip pain, right? So you, you start to think like, all right, well, everything's ruling out on my hip special test, my, my examination. Uh, MRI looks good. Everything looks good. Is this central? central issue is it is, is this a chronic pain no he had non-hodgkin's lymphoma right and, and if you think about that and you tried to put them as like a chronic pain person you really would have screwed that up right and you would have missed an opportunity to really save somebody's life because you helped refer them to the right person and I think that's what you have to you have to think about when things don't add up orthopedically we can't go straight to chronic pain we have to go to some other things yep. too. And that's just, that has happened to me, I can probably think of like five or six examples of stuff like yeah. that, where it's that heavy and you get that sort of thing. And, I, and when it doesn't add up to me, I refer out. Yeah, That's the first thing to do. I don't say it's in this person's brain and try to go through these things. I kinda, you know, you kinda have to put all that together. Yeah, I had one of those too when I was a new grad. I was, again, very, very heavy in the pain science world. It was one of those things that looking back now, I'm like, how in the world did I not refer that person out earlier? She had like, hip pain, knee pain, something else in like six months down the road after a labral surgery, which uh, we thought she needed. Yeah, yeah. exactly, I screwed no. up that. Uh, she had like some sort of congestive uh, heart and bone issue. Just gonna say, we, we, we completely ignore the cardiovascular yeah. side of things too, because yeah. that can be a pain a pain source. I, I wouldn't, I mean, what do you do with that? So this is, this is a good, I guess, a wrap up. Maybe he's like, my best friend's a PA in the emergency room, and I just, for his perspective, I was like, man, like, what, what would you do if you got personal? I was like, oh, bone cancer. And I was like, what? 
He's like, yeah, bone cancer. Like, no, no brainer. And I was like, are you serious? He was like, totally, man. Like, send it for like these tests. Yeah. Sure enough, yeah. she didn't have bone cancer, but she had something very systemic. And I was like, yeah. and it was like not even a blink of an eye to him. And I was like, wow, it's amazing when you think only orthopedically. Right. It's like six right. other systems that are very important. Yeah. Right. So a great, a great summary. We can't just think orthopedically, and we can't just think neurologically. We have to, we have to think everything. When things don't add up, you have to, you know, keep digging in. I don't think it's in the patient's best interest to also then just label them as a chronic pain person. You know, so I guess, what do we do? How do we treat them? I think the first thing we do here is we try to really differentiate that. And I would say the vast majority of sports medicine, you guys talked about some sports medicine people with chronic pain. I don't want to put a percentage on it. It's not that high. No. You know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. There's a, a central. Yeah. yeah it, it, don't get me wrong. There's a certain component to it in here. But, like, look, this is usually people with workload and repetitive. Yeah. What do you say strategies. when you hear hoofs think horses? Yeah, not zebras. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, it just in sports medicine, it's usually that. So, you know, then, our, you know, so we do treatments to get them to, to get back on the field or whatever it may be as soon as possible. Right? So again, if you're not sure exactly what it is, you know, we do whatever we can. And our narrative for that person is that, look, I'm not 100% sure why this works, but I, you know, it's been shown to help people move and feel better. So yeah. we're going to do that and help you move and feel better and, and see if that helps and see if that gets you back into the game a little bit faster. Yeah. And my last parting advice is I think something I've learned a lot from Lenny, especially watching him, is like you really have to spend more time talking to people and listening to their subjective because they're going to start leading you down the path of what, what like you think they're more kind of in the typical workload issues or not. If they start going down a path subjectively about like I've had 17 doctors and 19 tests and nothing makes it better and, you know, and you're like, okay, this is starting to get a little more maybe yeah. up top and someone who's like nah I do like I snatch and do this and that hurts and that hurts and then like yeah it hurts there but then it goes away you're like okay that sounds a little bit more orthopedic if you spend more time on the subjective valve and like listening to their story you'll probably have much more hints yeah and I think the general you know conclusion again is that you can't be purely biomechanical but you surely can't be purely pain science mm. you gotta be a little bit of everything in this world right now in this field you yeah. know you gotta do that Last thing I will say too is that you know, I think sometimes it's a shame that we argue so much because if you if you talk to people that are very kind of pain science in nature, their treatments look kind of similar to what we would do anyway. You know, so we argue over these points. You know, and maybe it's just our beliefs, but at the end of the day, we're all doing some very similar stuff. Yeah, yeah, similar stuff. But again, I think it's about how we're educating people, yeah. and I don't think it by trying to belittle the past and be and belittle the other approaches. Is, is really a good way of it. Yeah, I'm, I think, I mean, it's just too long probably, but I think about a patient <laughs> that, that Dan and I had who had very chronic symptoms and he'd been to five with the people, whatever, and we used almost the same manual therapy starting point, but the description was different. It's like, well, this is an alternate stimulus. Your body has a heightened sensitivity to nociception, and like, this is just a different tactile cue, and like, that might help downregulate some stuff. It was very on the pain science side versus like the exact same person with the sports medicine side, like, oh, well, this helps increase blood flow, water content, like, this is good for fascial, whatever. But you, you, <laughs> I think you guys get it. Exactly. Exactly. There's going to be other PTs that can say no manual therapy. I don't want the true life. And that's why I brought it up. Passive right. modalities. Exactly. It, I understand your pain, and if pain is not going to go over the whole pain science thing, and then maybe not give them much to do. And that's what they need is and exercise our, and, and our, maybe some manual therapy. And our presentation was like this might be a way for you to just move a little bit better and do your exercises better at home because exercise and movement is what you need. Yeah, I think we're Which all is the, the same, same thing we would have said right. for a sports medicine right. person like this right. can just help you right. do your exercise a little bit better. And again, I get, look, I think, you know, we do things well here, right? I don't think we're guilty of this. Eh, there are <laughs> there are people that just do passive yeah. and there are people that do nothing because because it's, you know, pain science approach and they're both wrong. 
right? You know what I mean? Like it, it, both sides are, are nobody's right yeah. in this world with anything. It's all how we blend it together. Yeah. If you're completely in on one side of a spectrum, you're often going to be wrong. We're just more right. <laughs> anyway, awesome, great episode. Um, I that mean, was I, epic. That was, yeah. I mean, it was good. We get that question a lot, right? And we just, you know, we want to answer some of those. So, um, if you have questions like that, please do. You know, head to um, head to. Um, my, my website. Wait, it's, my, it's my name again. <laughs> Head to mikereynolds.com. Click, click on that podcast link and ask us awesome questions and see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to mikereynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.